0: Hello, Hi everybody, welcome to our podcast. This is week, this is podcast number five, wow. The topic for this week's podcast is ethics and the pre-service early childhood educator. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Kira, and we also have... My
1: name's Allison.
0: And we have done a lot of work this week, um, just like the other weeks, but this week we found or I found anyways, the podcast was really detailed and there were so many, it was like a big category with a bunch of different concepts in it. So it was like trying to, you know, really think about um, the stuff that was really interesting for us and even stuff we questioned. So um, what did you think about it? I know we already had some conversation, but... Um, um,
1: it was kind of a lot to take in and it really makes you think. Like yeah. Deeply, like especially when it comes to your biases and everything, and your professional judgment,
0: mm-hmm. it really
1: makes you think how of how important it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like we also need to, it relates to the code of ethics
0: a lot. Yeah, because yeah. it, it kind of goes through each standard, and then you really have to think how, um, like, um, for example, the standard six, I believe. Right, standard six is focus has duty to report in it and then it's kind of through the module asking like um using your professional judgment like um compared to your duty to report so you kind of have to really think two different ways like um for that outcome so it was just kind of like the connections were really you know solid
1: connections and then you really have to think throughout it yeah it's definitely like something like it's not like I don't know, it's... Getting into it more and learning more, it's not exactly what I thought it would be, but, like, it's also not a bad thing. Like, it makes me more curious and want to learn more and, like, actually want to get into the field. Yeah. To get those experiences. Yeah, and... Well, do you want me to start this week? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, let me just pull up my one resource. So... The first thing I chose to do was a courageous conversation we need to really talk about professional judgment. Mm-hmm. And so this helped me like especially when it came to reflecting on like the first day I had at in a childcare facility this week mm-hmm. and um, I know that it's like something I'm really going to use in the future that's going to help me out and there was a lot of situations I was put in this week at the childcare facility. That I wasn't exactly sure what to do, like, although we've, like, talked about things, but it's really putting things into play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's actually, like, figuring those things out, figuring what the right thing to do is. Yeah, like, putting, uh, putting
0: uh, putting what you know into your practice.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, honestly, like, it's kind of a difficult thing to do at first. I mean, just, like, that's my personal opinion on it but i know that like when it comes to like doing it more often and put being put in those situations it will definitely become something that's easier to deal with yeah exactly
0: like will come a lot easier
1: yeah and there was like some things that really stood out to me in this video like it was almost like uh, i can't remember what it was but it was like someone that knew exactly what to do and then someone that had to think about it and had to think about everything Mm -hmm. and like you almost kind of think about like what type of person am I do I know exactly what to do but I feel like at the start of actually putting our practice into play we aren't exactly going to know what to do but as things go on we're going to know what the right answer is for everything
0: right and even thinking like you know, putting our COVID lens on, as Tanya has called it. Um, We didn't get that, um, like, we didn't get to do our placement this semester. So I feel like if you would have got that opportunity, you would have been able to think a little different and quicker in your experience this week. That's just my thought process because, because of COVID. And there could be differences even that put you in different situations because of COVID. In the facility, so I guess we have to think of it that way too, like using your professional judgment.
1: I actually, after you said that, like the COVID lens, I was sitting in uh, the preschool room and one of the kids tried to pull my mask off, And I was like, oh no, like I have to keep this on. And it was almost like he's seen, obviously, the educators with their masks on before. Right. But it was also something that we had to think about that... The mask kind of put us behind, in a sense, like, even when I was in the infant room. Yeah. When you're with infants, like, your nonverbal communication is really important because infants obviously can't talk. Right. So, um, when I was, like, trying to build, I guess, a relationship with this one kid, he was kind of looking at me like I was crazy, and I think it was because I had the mask on, so it's not Mm -hmm. like he could really see my face, like, he couldn't. You couldn't
0: see your facial expression.
1: Exactly. So, like, I couldn't really... I don't know. Like, it was kind of hard to build a relationship with... Like, it's hard to build relationships with children when you're just going into this and you have to wear a face mask all the time. Right. And so on. Right. Like, even thinking of that, like, I work at a giant tiger. Like, it kind of like a grocery
0: store, I guess. And which is definitely different than the childcare facility, but... I see children all the time and I love kids. So I always want to say hi, like talk to them, but like, uh, especially the younger ones kind of look at you cause I have a mask on. So I, that's where I just want to pull it down so they can see like I'm smiling at them. And that's like, I can't really. And that's just thinking of that, like in that setting, how difficult it is to um, communicate with a child
1: for five seconds. Whereas when you're with them all day, well, yeah, like, especially, like, I don't know. I Obviously, we have to wear the masks because our responsibility is the well-being of the child. Yeah. And protecting the child. And obviously, that goes on because we have to protect their families and so on. We have to think about that. Right. Like, it's so hard because, like, that nonverbal communication in the early years is really important. Yeah. And obviously, we can talk to kids through the mask, but they aren't seeing the facial expressions that we're making.
0: Right. And we've talked about nonverbal communication in a previous class and how like there's different concepts to it is the way I understand it because there's like your facial expressions, your um actions, your body language and i think there's another one but we kind of like went in deeper to that and that's where that is so affected with covid like all of that
1: yeah like it's it's definitely a weird time right now yeah and i do feel bad for kids and like educators that have been doing this wh- this whole time through covid right but i also feel bad for everyone that hasn't got the opportunity to go into placement or even like i'm grateful because i've got this job for the summer to actually set me up right and give me the experience and actually give me the time to kind of reflect on everything I've learned so far and then you can even learn through the experiences too yeah exactly and like I can learn how to go about nonverbal communication although I have to wear a mask right do you Um, want to talk about one of your resources um I
0: actually want to talk about um those Harvard tests that we took yes so um we we already kind of discussed a little bit but um they were really interesting like something you said it kind of felt like a game
1: it definitely did because they kind of like play with you a bit
0: yeah
1: so like- used to clicking that e key for say females and then you have to go to clicking that i key for females
0: Yeah, so it, like, messes you up and then it's like, oh my gosh, like, you really have to think, like, the concept of thinking quick on your feet comes into play, but, like, now you're, you've got so comfortable with this one way and now they switch it up on you. So, thinking that way actually makes you think in a childcare facility, there's gonna be change. So, I'm just, I know it's a totally different topic, but, like, just referring that, like, change and getting comfortable, like, there's going to ch- be change. So, like, I guess we have to be able to um, adjust with it, but.
1: And one thing about the, the Harvard, sorry, back to the Harvard test. Yes. Um, The one thing, they want you to answer it so rapidly. You yeah. don't really have the opportunity to sit back and think, and I think that almost plays a role in early child education, because when a kid is acting out you don't have the 10 minutes to go aside or whatever and think about it you have to react to how they're reacting right on the spot exactly doesn't really like i don't know like you have we have to i guess get used to that
0: yeah i'm trying to find my results i saved them because i wanted to compare our results Anyways, I know we got different results, so
1: I yeah, think we you, were opposite. Uh, yeah, you got the females with science and males with humanities, and I got males with humani- or males with science and females with humanities.
0: Which yeah. honestly,
1: I don't really agree with because I'm the type of person that I think everyone's equal, right? We're all capable of the same things right and that if we really put our mind to it like obviously we're going to be more capable of that
0: mm-hmm. no I, I agree that way as well like it was an interesting you know um quiz to take test to take, and it was like kind of eye-opening but it was like yeah it was interesting it was and, definitely
1: a different test
0: yeah and we both took the gender one I don't think we said that I, there was another one
1: one of the ones we took was the gender one yeah I, d- yeah we you and I just did the gender one today yeah and then I did the oh I can't remember what one it was I did one yesterday but I so can't remember what one it was quite
0: a few on there? yeah but we wanted to do that one we did that in our community of practice meetings we had another one today and um we want to do that one together to compare answers and it was it was interesting how we got like different answers
1: yeah i definitely thought we were gonna get the same answer but yeah um do you want to talk about the biases yeah so i think we should really talk about biases and how that relates to uh our duty to report because mm-hmm. one thing that came to my mind is Say you have a friend that their child is in your care and you think something's going on or someone comes to you and says, look, this child just came to the child care facility and has bruises on her arm or whatever. Right. You're going to think that that's my friend instead of thinking about what the professional thing is to do. Right because you're gonna be
0: like oh I know this person they would never do that to their kid. but then you're like well what if they like where are these coming from so you kind of like you have to really think about your duty to report and professional judgment comes into play as well because this isn't you know you're in a child care facility facility and professionalism comes into play as well so definitely so much comes into play but you really at the end of the day would have to think like it's your duty to report, and you're doing this for the, tr- the child.
1: Yeah, we have to respect the child. Yeah, because if you fail to report, that's also not good. And you have to be careful, because like we're we, in our profession, we have to look out for those children. We have to protect right. those children. So if we figure that something's going on outside of the child care facility, it is our duty to report that. Right. Even if we have like the slight suspicion, like we have to report that.
0: Right, because it's for their safety.
1: Yeah. Even what I if... Go ahead. heard Go ahead. is that there are a lot of people, especially in the childcare facility mm-hmm. that I'm at, that aren't registered ECEs. Oh, okay. Or, which, like, there's people there that aren't even going through school like me right now. Mm hmm which I feel like that also comes into play when it comes to your professional judgment and the code of Your and knowledge too. Yeah.
0: And that just makes me think like the other day this reflects to that. Um, someone said to me, well, what do you do? And I was like, okay. I was like, it's not just one simple job and explanation. Like I, we do, like we will be doing so much like and I was just like, they also were asking like, what we learn, and I'm like, well, a lot. Like, I I just couldn't give them a solid answer because we learned so much. Like, we would be there forever. Like, like it's hard to really
1: break it down.
0: Yeah, like even when we were learning it, we were new to it. But now we're so familiar with all of the concepts, like pedagogy and and um, like professional judgment are our duty to report, like, how that works for ECEs, our ECEs. So it was just, like, really eye-opening, like, um, comparing at your work, there's people who aren't, like, registered ECEs, and then you're coming in, you know, in school learning all about this and just the different knowledges. Like, whether or not they've been there for years and years, you're still probably going to know more about certain subjects than
1: they are yeah exactly and like I'm I feel like my reaction to certain situations compared to theirs will be different right and I also think about like confidentiality like think about if you're dealing with a very difficult kid and you have a really rough day with that kid and it's not their day like it's almost like that's something you need to talk about but you have to also respect that confidentiality right which I know like there's obviously kids in any classroom or early child um, care childhood oh my gosh I can't even speak child care (laughs) facility that are gonna be difficult ones like I know for a fact my aunt she teaches grade 3 or grade 2 and she has some really difficult kids in her class yeah like it's also respecting that confidentiality like who do you go to talk to about it
0: right and even thinking of that when we talked about this I believe it was last semester
1: um, duty to report
0: and we kind of said, like, the confidentiality concept where you really shouldn't be talking to a coworker. Like, should I blah, 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 report this? Like, I saw this happen and I feel like I should report it. Because, th- like, that's, you're talking about a child with the coworker. So we're not really supposed to be releasing that. Um, but the, we kind of learned you can go to the manager or your boss or whatever, like, the head of the facility right yep and um but thinking that way what if like we've even talked about this in class what if they said like oh no uh so and so we don't need to report that like what if they do that and then you're kind of stuck like we this is exactly the concept we reached we touched on was like they're telling you no it's okay but you're still feeling this like gut feeling like no I feel like I should report so I feel like getting other people's opinions is kind of not good in a way because like you know what you've seen and you know what you hear like just I think sorry it's okay even um when you're reporting you have to report to the college as well right and they kind of, like, look more into it before they take their action, I believe they said. So, um, I don't know. Just thinking of that way, like, either, like, it's for the child's safety. So, like, getting someone else's opinion, I feel, isn't always,
1: like... The best thing to do. Yeah, because it's going to influence your decision and then watch you were right, like... I feel like no matter what, in my, like... For me, personally, when I'm in this profession, no matter what, if I have an instinct or suspect something, I'm going to report it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, it's almost like you care for that child. So what happens if that child goes home and something else happens?
0: Yeah. And And it doesn't get
1: dealt with right away.
0: Right. And even if it's a child and an educator, another educator, like that concept is like harder because that's your coworker. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, they're doing wrong, and, you know, no one's doing
1: anything about it, so it's your duty to report it, like. And I know, like, someone who's been in that situation before, and the person wasn't a registered ECE. She wasn't Mm -hmm. going through school. And the College of Early Child Educators tried to reach out to the girl who had... um, A complaint put in about her, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and the College of Early Childhood Educators couldn't really do anything about it because she isn't a registered ECE, right? Not even going through school, right? So, although that girl did wrong and she was like harming a child, there wasn't really any consequences, right? So, think about how many people are out there that that goes unnoticed and that there's really no consequences for them,
0: right? And the
1: longer they get away with it like the more normalized they the more
0: they the more they would normalize it I guess like not that any hurting a child or anything is normal or should be normalized but in their brain because they just
1: continue to 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 do it it. yeah Yeah. and like that's not on their record so they might get fired from the job that this complaint was put into about right but they could go get a job at another child care facility Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of upsetting to think, like, hopefully that person learns from it, but at the same time they might not. Exactly. And that might just be their way of going about things.
0: And it's so hard, like, yeah,
1: that is so awful to think about. Yep. It's sad, like, honestly, like, even me being in my first day or whatever this week, Mm -hmm. all the children were so sweet. like even when i first walked in like they all just wanted to get to know me they wanted to know my name right although most of them couldn't pronounce my name properly (laughs) but i feel like it's building those relationships and i Mm -hmm. could see that the children in there had those relationships with a lot of the educators right which is good it definitely all relates to um each other, you know what I mean? Like all modules relate to each other. Yeah, like they all kind of like
0: intertwine and it's eye opening because it's like, oh my gosh, this kind of goes with this. Like, you know, the environment and building rapport is involved in, you know, taking that extra step with the child. Like it's all it's all kind of intertwined.
1: Yep. And it's crazy to think
0: of mhm like there's a reason why we're learning this with
1: this because it reflects on the other concept. Yep. Do you have anything else you want to talk about?
0: Yes, I have one more thing, and that was just about healthy risk. Healthy risk taking, so there was a part in the module. Healthy ever since we started learning about it, I believe last semester, it's just stuck out to me like risk risky play cuz like um for me I always would find myself like, oh, be careful, be careful, like, like, don't fall, like, with children so I don't want them to get hurt. But then, like, now learning the concept of how important risky play is for them and taking the risk, um, I'm not as, like, I'm kind of, like, watching them, letting them learn from it. And even uh, watching a video I did with the module, um, the little boy was kind of struggling with something, and the educator there was just an educator like recording him and she didn't step in at all and he, he would get through it each time like to figure it out. Um they didn't have to step until the end of the video but it just kind of showed like he was riding this like little roller coaster. It was like a little kid's roller coaster. So like um that was part of it. It was just like really interesting to observe and it's like um left me wanting to just see more and more videos of Risky play and we actually got that opportunity in the module and I was able to do that. So that was interesting. Um, just being exposed to all the different um, concepts of risky play and healthy risk taking for the different age groups. So infant, toddler, preschool, school age. So it was just so it was just I really like um, risk taking now. Like I just like the concept of the different ways. Like um, another example, they were on top of a little climber and they had to jump down from it. And they were kind of scared at first and then they were able to do it afterwards so like it just yeah, I,
1: watched, just... I watched that one too yeah so just kind of it also explores their curiosity as well like i i love risky plays i think children can learn so much from it and i think it's yeah. so beneficial towards them
0: yeah and every age like it's gonna look different for every age group but it's they're learning from it each time
1: exactly i don't know i had I love risky play. I don't know why. I know. Because, just because I was always a part in risky play. Yeah. Like a lot of the things that I did growing up, my parents were definitely scared of for me and my brothers. Yeah. But I learned so much from it.
0: Right. Like, see, I I definitely um, participated in, in risky play, but not as much. And especially now, like, as I said, like, with little kids, I'm like, oh, careful. Like, don't jump from there <laughs> when it's like, <laughs> No, they're gonna learn from it like obviously not like really where they're gonna get injured but like the concept of the child jumping off the, the small climber like they were gonna be okay like there's the risk of them getting injured but it was like the educator was right there like kind of thing so um it just kind of like we're kind of opposites there, thinking that way because i i don't know like i was always scared like uh, to, to encounter risky play, but now I just love it. Like, it's so interesting.
1: Especially watching it, like watching the videos and watching children, yeah. and how it benefits them. Seeing them get comfortable and... And trusting the educator too. Yeah. So the educator's there supporting them. Right. Yeah, so...
0: I don't have anything else to add on to that, but I definitely want to touch on it because... um. It's I feel like it also actually incorporates with professional judgment a little bit because you have to kind of think like not just you have to think in your professional way of the benefit of it, I guess. Like because before learning it, I didn't really think about it at all. And now I'm exposed to this whole concept. And when I encounter it in my experiences, I just have to realize like how important it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you got to put your professional judgment into play. Yeah. Well, that's
0: all I have for this week. Yeah, I think we had a great podcast this week. And next week is our last podcast. Wow, that went by so fast.
1: I know, I'm kind of upset because I look forward to this.
0: I know, because we always get into such deep conversation. And it's so interesting, like, being able to connect back to what we've learned in our you know think about like our future practices and now definitely that you're in the childcare, we can kind of together connect what you're gonna experience through that so it's definitely sad but it was great time spent so and I hope I hope hope we get to do podcasts again in the future yeah it's definitely an interesting thing I wouldn't have thought we would do but Anyways, other than that, we will see you guys next week. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.